And now it's time for the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, on ESPN UP. Here's your host, Blake Proling. What's going on, Marquette? Happy Friday, and welcome into The Sports Pen on ESPN UP. I'm Blake Froling. We've got Ryan Stieg from the Mining Journal in studio with us. You can give us a call, as always, 906 226 4570. I don't mean to disappoint everyone out there, but I'm not going to inflict any pain on myself today. Yeah, the, no peppers, no, no nostril waxing. No, no, no. Just a normal show. I hope that doesn't make people yeah, tune out. I, yeah, I don't. I hope that's not too disappointing. Is it weird that my pain generates a lot more page views than my takes? I think that that's got to sting a little bit, you know, not literally because of what you're eating and what you're doing, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, oh, you know, you could my, my wit. <laughs> you know, I missed yeah. I missed a great opportunity yesterday because I should have said the cayenne pepper is almost as hot as the takes that come out of my mouth. Oof! But I didn't say it. I the, I, the I thought sting, of it after the show. The stinging sensation in my mouth is just what I'm going to deliver in our next segment. I'm used to it. It comes out every day. <laughs> exactly. I'm spitting these fire takes. The I, truth. I, I missed out <laughs> on it, but I just wanted to, to, to point it out, so I did think of it eventually, mm-hmm. and I think it's pretty good. Yeah. So we've got a lot of football to get to. We had our first preseason NFL game last night. We have a new rule, thanks to Aaron Rodgers. We're going to talk some baseball. The Brewers got smacked down last night, mm-hmm. and that got us to thinking... What is the worst sporting event you ever attended live, in person? We'll give a couple of ours, and, and you can call in yourself, give some that you can think of. It's kind of sad because almost all of mine were Lions ones, which should come as no surprise. For, for me, I have a Vikings one in, in mine. I have uh, basically any Twins game from the 90s. <laughs> um, but, like, there's one particular, it's actually more recent when I lived in Minnesota that okay. I could bring up. And then, you know, th- there's some other ones in there, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that. Uh, we'll also have our Friday Funnies, as always, everybody's favorite part of the week. Mm-hmm. Let's start first, though. I was very intrigued by the Aaron Rodgers rule. That's what we're calling it now, right? Yeah, just like, you know, the Tom Brady rule, and now Aaron Rodgers says Didn't Doesn't Terrell Owens have his own rule, too? I, where you can't be grabbed down from behind. I think. Yep. Yeah. So, in case you don't know what the Aaron Rodgers rule is, it's based off the hit that he took last year against the Vikings that broke his collarbone, knocked him out for the next nine weeks. Ruined the Packers season. Right. The rule is that when the quarterback lets go of the ball, the defender, if he hits him, cannot drive him into the ground with all or most of his weight. You can still hit him. If you're within the one step or whatever the rule mm-hmm. is, but you just can't drive him down because that's that's what hurt Aaron Rodgers when Anthony Barr landed on him with all of his body weight. That's what people got upset about. Is this a good rule change or is this an overreaction because one of the faces of the NFL got hurt because of it? I think it's a mix of both. I know that the rule would probably be not in place this year if it was not Aaron Rodgers. I mean... If Blake Bortles had that happen to him, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know, would there, his name would, out your uh, mouth. would there be a Blake Bortles rule? Would there be a um, Tyrod Taylor rule, or you know, any other random quarterback that's going to pop into my head the next few minutes? But it's, I, I don't think if if he hadn't been the one to hurt, I don't think it would have been put in place this year. But it was probably going to be something that was going to be addressed eventually. And it just took a star to actually put it in place. I think they made this rule because the NFL knows how fragile the league is when just one player on a team goes down mm-hmm. and how quickly a season can change where the Packers went from Super Bowl possible, you know, Super Bowl contenders Def- to... Definite playoff bid, division championship probably. Yeah, you know. they went from that to one of the worst and most boring teams in the NFL just because of one play. So they want to do everything possible to protect those players so their product isn't so horrible because it happens to any team that loses its starting quarterback unless you're the Browns when you don't really technically have a, a starting quarterback. If if you have a top 15 quarterback mm-hmm. and you lose him, you're done. So the NFL wants to protect those teams, and that's why they put that rule in. I still think that hit was perfectly fine. I do too. 
Well, of course, and you I'm do. not. And I'm not just because I'm a Vikings fan. I guess we're but both I've kind seen, of biased. But I've I've seen it before. You know, I've seen the replays of the hits, and it was just like it was like a typical. I mean, you've seen it happen before multiple times. The problem is when you watch it in slow motion. You have yeah. to watch it in real time, where. There is every, like no every, time to react to that. Yeah, everything looks worse in slow motion. It, uh, but it was it was at the time it was a clean hit, and I honestly still think it was a clean hit. So now it's is it impossible now to play defense in the NFL? They're doing everything they possibly can to make it impossible to play defense. You can't, you know, you can't hit. You can't use your helmet on a hit. You can't. Can't go high, can't, can't go low. Can't go high, can't go low. Um, you can't drive with your full force. So, but the the, the question I have, because it says full or most of your body Define weight. Define most. Exactly. What's the line there? Is it like half your body weight? A, a, as you're sacking the quarterback, am I like... Like it, if your it, right arm only is on it, yeah. is that enough? I, I weigh, you know, I'm sure every lineman's going to be like, I currently weigh... 330 pounds am i applying my half of the amount of weight yeah i gotta make sure 160 pounds (laughs) only fall on the quarterback yes you know it's just like that and the helmet rule where where we're gonna get way more of these penalties people are gonna be outraged i mean i understand the safety thing you know they're worried about concussions and stuff like that but it's they're doing, you can't really play defense anymore because you're gonna get flagged mm-hmm. for something that probably shouldn't be a penalty, or the following year you are gonna get flagged for a new penalty. And I mean, and defenders have been complaining about it the last few years. It's like they can't do what mm-hmm. they used to do. Now, just to be clear, this is for only for quarterbacks who are throwing. Mm-hmm. So if quarterbacks are running, you can land on them yeah. with your full force, just like any other tackle. It's only mm-hmm. when they're throwing, even when they're outside of the pocket, mm-hmm. you still can't do that, which is tough because on that play, it wasn't like Rodgers rolled out, stopped, and threw. Mm-hmm. He threw on the dead run. Yeah. So Barr was making a play on a runner Yeah. when all of a sudden he threw, and then all of a sudden it could have been a penalty. Yeah, it's... He didn't really stop. There's not that. No one can react that fast. It's unbelievable. I mean, all these guys today have great reaction times, but you can't stop mid hit Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just pull back. And I don't think people want to hear this, but let's be real. If Anthony Barr had that exact same opportunity again, do you think he would roll to the side when he hit Rodgers, or do you think he'd land on his full for with his full force on him to knock him out of the game? I. Now is he flagged for it? Flagged if he gets flagged. If, if he knew he was going to get flagged, if he knew he was going to get flagged for it this year, I think I still think he probably would have done it. It sounds dirty, but a lot of these defenders will take a fifteen-yard penalty if it means that that opposing quarterback yeah. is not at hundred. If they can help their team win, you know, or you know, they'll take a huge penalty if that makes things better as the game goes along. Yeah, it doesn't make it morally right, but <laughs> nothing in the NFL is. Is, really is, is it really right. morally right? No. No, exactly. So another similar thing to this, we had the Hall of Fame game yesterday, Mm -hmm. and we saw the helmet rule kind of put into action for the first time. A little inconsistent. But what I like, I heard the the referees were going to do this for the preseason. When in doubt, they're just going to call a penalty. They're going to use the helmet penalty, even when it's borderline, because the NFL then gives those officials feedback on mm-hmm. if it was the right call or the wrong call. Now, I hope... So unless, it's like, kind of like a training period. Right. If the games don't matter, you're not going to suspend anybody for preseason unless it's absolutely vicious. Mm-hmm. So let them call these penalties now. Figure out what's right and what's wrong so you can work out the kinks for these next four weeks and have it hopefully ready to go by week one. That's probably a good decision. I You know, anytime a serious rule change comes into play, you're... You're not sure how to apply it. This gives them a chance to go game by game. Was this truly the penalty they can find out, or were they the right call and they can call it on that basis? I, you know, I think it's a smart idea. It's, I mean, if if you're really invested in preseason games, you've got to get a hobby. Yeah, yeah, find something else to do. 
I mean, they don't matter, as you're well aware of, as a Lions fan. Preseason games don't really matter. I'm not, bring, I'm not bringing up to hurt your feelings. You, you just did. I know I just did, but just to reiterate the point, that the preseason doesn't matter. I mean, if I remember correctly, there was a time when the Vikings made had a preseason that they swept all four games and then got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. So, hey, at least you didn't go on 16. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Thanks for you making know, me feel good. Yeah. But, you know, you're just... I mean, your your backups are playing well. I mean, that's nice, but <laughs> I mean, are you going to be relying on your third string quarterback? You better hope not. <laughs> Give us a call nine zero six two two six four five seven zero. Let us know what you thought about all of this. Now, got to make a little confession because I've been hyping up football is back. I've been hyping up would, the first preseason yeah, you game would, that you would pay to watch the MAC right. in the summer. So. We had, I didn't have to pay for this game. We had free football, and I forgot about it until the third quarter. I feel bad. I, I feel like a hypocrite. Not, don't. <laughs> I mean, it'd be one thing, like, if it was, you know, like a Thursday night kickoff, like, to start the year. Okay, that would yeah, be bad. That would be bad. But this is, it's the Hall of Fame game. It's actually, is this really even a preseason game? This is more, barely. Yeah, it's like a preseason preseason season game. game. Yeah, because by the time the two teams that end up playing this game, they've been at training camp for what, like maybe two weeks. Yeah, maybe two weeks. They're still trying to figure things out. By week four of the preseason, they've got things under control. But this is—they barely started. They're yeah. still working the kinks out, and it showed mm-hmm. at times. You know. It even sounded like Al Michaels was bored the whole game. He was not excited about anything. Well, and they're talking to the Hall of Famers like every few minutes, mm-hmm. you know, which is good because that's what this is all about. But people know that it's 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 to make the people at Canton happy. Right, is what it is. It's, it's a promotion for the NFL, for and... the league, and for the Hall of Fame. And uh, <laughs> my favorite is I'm watching Al do his broadcast, and he missed. Like four plays in a row. Just I mean, I care. Yeah, it, it was like Jackson completed a pass. Lamar Jackson, quarterback, the Ravens, uh, threw a nice pass over the middle, and Al completely missed it. And five seconds later, he goes, "Oh yeah, that was a good pass there." <laughs> oh, by the way, yeah, he was probably like, eating a steak yeah, off to the side. It's like, you know. This is nice, Al, but there is an actual game going on. You have to somewhat yes. pay attention. <laughs> it was weird with Tony Dungy in there, too. It seemed yeah. like he had to be reminded constantly that he was on air and he was supposed mm-hmm. to say something. Mm-hmm. Chris or Al would always have to be like, so, Tony, what would you think about this play? Like, speak up, please. He's... I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> I don't want to be here. No. <laughs> It was, it, was just, it was just a weird feeling. Yeah, you know, and it's been like that in the past. The... Just how the Hall of Fame game, most memorable Hall of Fame game, is the one that didn't happen. That's right, because <laughs> the paint on the field was, was melting or something. Yeah, they they applied it, and it it, it was sticking, you know, to the field. And it's like, have it, you never done this before? And you know, and that was the running gag is that how do, they play this game the same week every year. How did you not prepare when you know exactly when it's going to happen? I have no idea. I just don't get it. You know. But you know what you always get in preseason and things like that? You hear about the backups, uh-huh. specifically the backup quarterbacks mm-hmm. who might have the best job in the world. To take, for example, Chase Daniel, still in the league, yeah, believe it or talk not. Talk about a forgotten quarterback. Right? I thought he was... Hand up, I thought he was going to be good after he was at Missouri. I thought that he had the capabilities to be a good quarterback. Maybe not... At the very least, a good backup. And he has been. And he has been. He has thrown 78 passes over eight seasons in the NFL. How much money do you think he's made in his career? Enough. (laughs) More than enough. $24.3 million for throwing 78 career passes. Do you know how much money that is per pass? Not off the top of my head. No? You don't have a calculator in your head? I, I... Math was not my strongest no, suit. I did the work for you. Okay. $311,538 for each pass he's thrown. Not completion. That's not bad. Just a pass. 
could throw it right into the turf. Yep. That's a great career. That is exactly what I would love to be. I wouldn't want to be a starter. Be a backup because everybody loves you and you don't get hurt. And people and are you, calling for you to come into play if the starter's playing bad. Exactly. You 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 play a couple preseason games, you maybe play in mop up duty, that's it. Mm-hmm. You're just staying on the sideline with a baseball cap and a clipboard. No, if you're a third stringer, isn't that the better one? No, or, no, you, because because your roster spot's a little perilous. Yeah, Quar- teams will always keep two quarterbacks. Sometimes they don't keep three. If they did always keep three, then that would be good too. Yeah. But the second stringer also gets paid more than a third stringer, mm-hmm. so you're kind of in that happy medium right there, where your job is safe, but you don't have to do much. But you can high five with the best of them. You have to. <laughs> you need to show. That you're a team player, or mm-hmm. else you'll get shipped out. Because how else are they going to judge you? Your practice throws, yeah. your warm ups on the sideline, or something. He stretched well. Look yeah, at that. <laughs> look at that. He's having a good day. I can tell. Uh, one thing I also wanted to mention is we all need to kind of calm down when it comes to these training camp storylines, especially the reporters. I know they're doing their jobs, but some people covering the Packers were clocking the hang time for their rookie punter, J.K. Scott. That's not something I need to see on my Twitter feed. I do not care about that. Nobody cares about that or who wins an individual tackling drill. Like for this, this was a headline of a tweet about Kerryon Johnson for the Lions, who apparently someone said could be a rookie of the year candidate. Uh, It said, Kerryon Johnson stuffed. Jared Davis and a pass protection drill. He caught the ball out of a variety of alignments. If he could keep this up, the Lions are going to have to play him in all situations. Was that Carlos? No, it was not. <laughs> it was uh, Chris Burke for the Athletic. Mm-hmm. So to he was, recap, no- he was normally a good guy. He beat Jared Davis in one drill. He caught about three balls. Now he's there every down back. Nice. That's what we've learned. We need to calm down. Good or bad performances, you just need to calm down. It's, you know, we just mentioned it. It's the Hall of Fame game is a preseason, preseason game. Right. And now you're, now, as a reporter, I understand the idea behind some of these dumb tweets. You have to have something to say that's coming out of camp every day. Because, you know, I um when I lived in Indianapolis, I went to Colts camp twice, and it was in the same week. But I'm I'm watching it, and I'm just like, it's kind of the same thing that happened the last time I was here. You know, it's it's repetitive. So you need to find some storyline that you're throwing out there. But no, people don't really care. Your job is to find something, but truly, people don't care about the thing that you found. Right and, now, and- I feel. I give I cut the Green Bay crew a little more slack because that's the game in town. People are so invested in the Packers. They lit- they'll follow anything that got tweeted. Right, they sold sold out family night. Yeah, 70 I mean, it's, plus it, thousand yeah, people it's, coming. It, the city lives and breathes on that team. You know, the Lions, they got other teams in town. I mean, people are already talking about Michigan and Michigan State football. You know, they're overshadowing Lions training camp in some ways. So with Green Bay, they're all invest the team. So the reporters there have to constantly tweet because people live for that team. So I'll cut them a little more slack. But other t- other cities, people don't care. Is anybody on the in the I don't know the Buccaneers fan base being like, I really need to know how our punter is performing right now. No. Even though he probably will be doing it a lot over the course of the year. Yes. <laughs> you know, you're right. Maybe for them it is a little yeah, more important. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll change that mm-hmm. point. But, like, a different team. like let's, Or, like, you know, the Eagles. Or do they care? They're going to be scoring a lot this year. They're going to be good. Do you care if you're an Eagles fan how your punter's doing? No, they don't. Uh, also, this is just kind of a random thing I saw. Did you see Apple is now worth a trillion dollars? Yes, and they still make terrible charging cables. Ouch! Do you know how many yeah, times? <laughs> do you know how many times they could buy the Detroit Lions? I want again. 
Don't don't be throwing math at me, man. I, just <laughs> just throw out a guess. Throw out a guess. How many times uh, do you think they could buy the Lions? A trillion. Um, I guess it depends on what Ford's going to sell it for. Well, going by the Forbes valuation mm-hmm. of the team, mm-hmm. I'm going to say twenty. Twenty? Yeah. You're a little bit low. <laughs> 588 times. Okay, I'm just throwing... I, <laughs> you said throw out a number. Just a bit I low. I threw out a number. I don't know. Like I said, math's not my strong yeah. suit. I'm a reporter. I am not a mathematician. 588 Detroit Lions franchises combined to make Apple. That's crazy. Trillion is a big number. So if Apple wanted to buy the Lions, the Fords could really... Charge them quite a bit to buy them out. Yeah, but then I don't think Apple would waste its money on the Lions. Why would they? Well, who sh- who would waste their money on the Lions? If they really want to win, if Apple really wants to market itself for a team. So you you just said if they want to win, that's even less of a reason to buy. No, the I Lions. mean like the Lions are a capable team. Like the the rosters in place that there could be successful. Yeah, but so, you're inheriting the whole franchise and the history of losing, and that okay. just doesn't wash off with a nine and seven year. They could buy the Forty ers then Bay Area. Mm-hmm. You know, they yep. could go that route. I know Paul Allen, founder co-founder of Microsoft, owns the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. And Steve Ballmer owns the Clippers. Very much. Another so, uh, tech guy. So, yeah, so maybe. I, Tim Cook is going to be the next uh, Lions owner. You heard it here first. <laughs> when we come back, we'll, we'll kind of make sense of the massacre that happened in Los Angeles last night with the Brewers. And it got us to think about our worst experiences at sporting events, whether it's something that happened during the game, the outcome of the game, whatever it was your worst experience at a sporting event you had to be there for it to count you can call in give us your suggestions we'll give some of ours right after this espn up is your home for westwood high school sports you can catch every single second of football boys basketball and girls basketball throughout the 2018-2019 season it all gets underway friday august 24th when the patriots head to houghton to take on the gremlins westwood high school sports the patriots play on espn up 93.3 fm am 970 online at espnup.com and on the espn up app We'll be back with more of the Sports Pen right after this on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app. Quiet weather and hot temperatures to start the weekend and then some thunderstorm chances as we wrap up the weekend and head into the first part of next week. For tonight, we'll see partly cloudy skies, a low around 65 degrees with south winds at 5 to 10. Sunny and hot for Saturday, a high of 90 degrees with winds out of the south at 5 to 15. Thunderstorms developing Saturday night will drop back to a low of 70 with south winds at 10 to 20. Sunday, partly sunny, a chance of showers and storms with a high temperature of 84 and breezy southwest winds. Monday, look for a chance of thunderstorms with a high temperature of 77. Tuesday, sunny, highs in the lower 70s, so a bit of a cool down, but then temperatures recover on Wednesday, sunshine with highs around 79. Thursday looks sunny as well, with a high temperature of 76 degrees. And for Friday, look for a blend of clouds and sun, with high temperatures in the mid-70s. Again, tonight's forecast, partly cloudy with a low of 65. And for Saturday, sunshine with a high temperature around 90 degrees. I'm meteorologist Ray Miller on ESPN-UP. Right now, it's 73. Now, back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. Brewers fans, you might want to just turn this off. It's going to get bad. And last night was bad. Last night was really bad. Blake Froling, Ryan Steeg with you here on the sports pen. We're talking about the Dodgers-Brewers game last night to close out the series, the getaway game. Things started out pretty even. It was tied up at one going into the third inning. Another, you know, another close game. You thought. I mean, the the the, the Brewers took them to extra innings the night before. They won one nothing before that. It, it's been a pretty fun competitive series. I mean, ten innings on a walk off. Yeah, that's a great game. And then then last night happened. After the that game was tied one one. The Dodgers scored 20 more runs, and the Brewers did not. 
Talk about all downhill from there. Yeah, it was bad. It was a grand slam, a couple other Just home runs. surrendered three homers, game-turning grand slam by Cody Bellinger. Seven home runs total the Dodgers hit. Not a good Awful. look. Hernan Perez, infielder, one inning pitched, five <laughs> earned runs. His ERA is now 13.5. Nice. Yeah. Eric Kratz, believe it or not, <laughs> the catcher, was the only pitcher for the Brewers not to give up a run. Perez threw 37 pitches. I mean, his arm has got to be dead by now. Oof. Yeah. That's how bad it was. A franchise record for most runs given up by the Brewers. Just this kind of just came out of nowhere. We were all they, hyping up. They, the they, were, they were they were playing well, hyping know? up the Brewers bullpen. The starting rotation was apparently supposed to be you better know, than we some thought. Some people were even thinking that they're going to get past the Cubs and win the division. Well, let's not say the season. I'm not going to. Yeah, the, the season's on. not over by any means. But just talk so about just a, back. a flip. You know. Yeah, it, that's that's what's so crazy about baseball is anything like this can happen at any given night. The best team in the league could beat the worst team in the league. Worst team could beat the best team. Anything could happen day to day. And that's when you get games like this. And what happened to the Mets a few days ago? It's even worse. It's just, what, the, what do you do after a certain point? You've just got to feel helpless. I, I mean, the competitive spirit is still there. but I mean, like, Is it? After I mean, a while? Well, I think... I think once you get to like when you're starting to lose by double digits, then you're just like, okay, this is probably over. What point know? in the game would it be in this one when when you think the Brewers were like, all right, we're not going to get this one, boys? I would say as soon as Chasin gave up that grand slam. Okay, so that made it six to one in the third. As some people were thinking, that's a little early. They're only down by five. But considering how well he was pitching. Which was not well at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's a close one. I might have said in the fifth inning, Brian Dozier hit a three-run homer to make it 10-2. to two. Mm-hmm. After Christian Yelich went deep, so he thought, oh, maybe no, we'll maybe, get the rally maybe, yeah, going. Yeah. And then, no. <laughs> Done. Dozier so. showing what he did with the Twins. Right. How does that make you feel that he's going That now? hurts. He, he was such a – he was so fun to watch when he was there and – the twins just can't seem to get it together and build anything around him. And now he's in a better place, better team, better run organization. Are you saying he's at a farm upstate? Is that what you're trying to describe <laughs> it as? It's that's, what of... we're, that's what we're trying to tell ourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we can visit him if we want. Yes, one day. <laughs> so because of this game, it got us thinking, what were some of the worst live sports experiences that we've ever had being at a game where it's either the ending something that happens during the game happens to you during the game that just made it a terrible experience you guys can let us know 906-226-4570 why don't you give one and then i'll give one uh i will give out a football one first okay because i i felt so foolish for doing this after I did it. I it was in two thousand eight. Um it was a two thousand eight season, so I think when the game happened it was just started two thousand nine. I the Eagles the the Vikings made the playoffs and they play in the Eagles in the first round. I was thinking someday it'd be cool to actually attend an NFL playoff mm-hmm. game. Well Can I put that on hold really I, quick? I, you sure can. Because we do have a caller. I do want to get to them before you know, they, they bail on us, <laughs> okay. which happens. All right, caller, you're on the line. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Joe from Nagani. Hey, Joe, what was the worst experience you had? 1991 Thursday night game between the Packers and the Bears. Uh, the Bears won 10 to nothing. It was the last year of Lindy and Fonny. I don't think the Packers had 100 yards in total offense so like maybe the last five minutes of the game, and the Bears weren't any better. And it was, uh, the only thing I remember the most about the game was uh, Ezra Tuol sang the National Anthem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was kind of a big deal because the Packers were never prime time. And that was before (laughs) last year, Fonny was there before uh, Omgren got there. And, uh, Mm. you know, all jacked up, whatever. And it was, my God, abysmal. And I saw an awful lot of bad football (laughs) between the late 70s and the, you know, early 90s. And, uh, 
that one just stands out. Did was that Favre's first year or was that before? No, no, that would have been uh, actually uh, Mikulski was supposed to be the starter, but he had gotten hurt. Okay. Early in the year, I'm trying to think if he hurt his shoulder that year or whatever. But uh, oh man, I think Mike Tomczak started the quarterback for the for the Bears, and I actually I think that for excuse me for the Packers, and I think Harbaugh was possibly the Bears starter. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a lot of Lions games I've been to. <laughs> well, yeah, better you than me. <laughs> hey, we appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Yeah, I got a comment though, early on the earlier sure. thing about the, uh, you know, the, the hit uh, uh, against Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what's getting overlooked in this whole thing, you know, which I think was the final straw for the NFL, was when the Vikings uh, season highlight video came out that they were showing during the playoff game against the Saints, that hit was on there. Well, of course. They're division rivals. Of course they're going to put it on there. I, I don't care. You don't put a player getting hurt on any hit, any level, any time, anywhere, anyhow, and celebrate it. You know? And the Vikings, uh, you know, I mean, they're just staying for the Packers as well documented, and vice versa, I might add, you know? And they seem to make a living off of picking up Packer rejects, which has been their M.O. for forever, quite frankly. You know? Ryan, do you have a response to that? No, there's a lot of truth in that statement. Yeah, there's a little, yeah, you could be a, okay, you better believe you better not have a response. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does so, kind of add up now that you think yeah, about it. Yeah, it does. It's, yeah, it's pretty mean, true. I mean, even the farm thing was, you know, that was, uh, I mean, that was kind of the creme de la creme, you know. <laughs> The way they got him, and then actually, you know, what I really think is so ironic about that whole scenario is, you know, they they got Favre so they could go after a Super Bowl, and they damn near did it. I mean, you know, they had an awful good team that year, but then the next year, you know, everything fell apart for them, you know, including their stadium when they had to play up. (laughs) And uh, you know, and uh, and 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 the Packers wind up winning the Super Bowl with Rodgers and Favre's my last vision of him. Which is unfortunate, is it getting clocked by Erlocker laying on the on the, the turf at the University of Minnesota's field? You know, mm-hmm. you know so. oh, Joe, Joe, you've cut All me right. deep. <laughs> yeah. So, well, anyway, I, 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 good show. Thanks. Hey, appreciate the call. All right, bye. <sighs> well, I'm sorry if that upset you. No, it's okay. He was right. We do the Vikings pick up a lot of Packer rejects, and I actually agree with them. That's a terrible highlight. I mean, I understand Rodgers went down. They were like, "Hey, you know, look, we did to the Packers season," but he was right. Was, I wouldn't have put an injured player on a highlight reel, even if you were trying to be funny about it. But uh, anyway, my yes, we interrupted. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Hey, we I, get I actually call. that was I was actually entertaining. Um, but what I was saying with mine um, for the Vikings, it was the playoff game, the and leading up to it, the the Vikings game against the Eagles was on the verge of getting blacked out. What year was this? 08. It was the 08 season, so it was 09, January, so technically the start of 09. Okay. Because it was the year of the Steelers-Cardinals Super Bowl. And, or was that? Was that? No, it was the year before that. It was the 2007 season. It was the 2008. Let's, let's clarify okay. that. <laughs> but it was, um, the, it was on the verge of getting blacked out. In that season, and for a playoff game, for a playoff so game, sad. and I was, I was just beside myself. I'm like, it's a playoff game. I can't miss watching a playoff game. This is unheard of for me. So I went out, and I got some friends, and I was trying to find some seats. I got ends up, I ended up getting some fairly cheap seats. They were like thirty five bucks each in the end zone. I was excited. My brother went with me, and my two friends, and. I was believing in myself, believing in my team. I'm going to see something truly great. And for the first half, it appeared that that was going to be the case. And then the second half happened, and I remembered Tavares Jackson was a starting quarterback. Oh, was that the year that the they were eight and eight or something and got in? They they barely won the division, and uh, they they ended up getting the three seed because the NFC was so sad that mm. year. Um, but it was, <laughs> I. It, they were, it was such. It was a good game. I mean, not like a high-scoring first back, but it was competitive, you know. And then Jackson in the second half threw a pick to Asante Samuel, 
on the sideline, and that kind of did it. And then Brian Westbrook, who I used to love because he racked up so many fantasy points for me over the years, mm-hmm. and then he destroyed my self-esteem. Ouch. By, the Vikings on that play had him stopped, and he managed to avoid four tackles and ran like 60 yards for a touchdown. Mm. And that was like the nail in the coffin, and everybody's all sad, and they're leaving, and it was... I wasted a bunch, a good chunk of money, even though my friends did pay me back. But I went out in the belief that I would miss a playoff game. In reality, it probably was good that I wouldn't get to watch. Yeah. You should have seen. You kind of just stared off in the distance. Your face kind of dropped as you said that yeah, story. Yeah. yeah. So, But I imagine uh, mine is a playoff appearance with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. as a Lions fan. No playoff appearance story, I tell you. <laughs> Uh, I do have one, and you guys can call in as well. We're talking about our worst live sports experiences that we can recall. You can call us 906-226-4570. October 16th, 2005. Lions at home against the Carolina Panthers, Mm -hmm. led by Jake DeLome. (laughs) The Ragin' Cajun. The Ragin' Cajun. So the Lions had the lead at this point in the fourth quarter. And all of a sudden, Jake DeLome gets hit as he's on the run, knocked out of the game with a concussion. In comes Chris Winkie, who at that point had not played a game in three years. Okay? And he had about two minutes left in the game. Chris Winkie, had not played in three years, drives the Panthers down the field, scores with 30 seconds left. And on the drive before... There was an 86, I'd look up the exact stats, but I, but I remember this like it was yesterday. I think it was like an 86 or 89-yard uh, catch and throw from Harrington to Marcus Pollard, maybe the slowest tight end in NFL history. He was caught from behind, 89 yards, no touchdown. They end up settling for a field goal. Then Chris Winkie, backup extraordinaire, comes and leads them down the field for a touchdown. And yes, I cried. Oh, how old are you? I would have been nine years old. I can understand that. Yes, Although, yes, I. That's gonna hurt. Yeah, I'm now my memory's back to me. It was 2008. So okay, <laughs> yes, it was an 86 yard game, by the way, um, and yeah. yeah, so they couldn't score. It was it's painful. I hate Chris Winkie. I also hate Jake Delhomme just because he was knocked out. So I will always hate those two forever. Oof. Yeah, holding the grudge, man. Always and forever. <laughs> Do you have another one for us? Well, there was a lot of, as people uh, people probably know, the Twins were awful in the mid-90s. So there are many a Twins game during that time period where I was just, uh, that hurts. It, it, there were so many bad mm-hmm. games. Sometimes they'd win one, but it was a bad game in general. Well, the worst Twins game I remember was, it was actually when they were good. You know, this was through that playoff stretch. They were playing, um... Do you want me to tell two? Because they're on pretty much a short period of time. Why not? Yeah, okay. So it was, during, it was about two months apart. I went to a game, and remember Terry Mulholland? Terry Mulholland. Yeah. That's a name from the past. Yeah, the late name for the past. It was his last year. The Twins tied it up late, and they're going to extra innings. I foolishly stayed... Until the 18th inning, <gasps> this is two full games. 18 They innings. bring in Terry Mulholland out from the pen. He completely blows it. In- Oakland, I think, scored like five runs in that inning, and the Twins went 1-2-3 wow. in the bottom of the 18th. So I sat there hoping to see something great, and I saw Terry Mulholland be Terry Mulholland. Now, I don't blame you for that, mm-hmm. because there comes a certain point in an extra inning game <laughs> when it's the 13th or the 14th, you cannot leave mm-hmm. because you have invested so much time that you are almost guaranteed to leave right as the game-winning hit comes. Mm-hmm. So I, I would have stayed if it was the 32nd inning, honestly. Okay. okay. And then this one might be worse. I This is when the Twins were on the verge of clenching the division. Um, not, not It was the year, I think the year before they had the epic Tiger game, you know, that went to extra innings. It was the Twins were on the cusp of winning the division. It was so great, and I wanted to be there when they won the division. So my dad and I got tickets for them to play the White Sox so we could see them win the division that day. The Twins lost to the White Sox, and not your typical White Sox team. 
At this point, Chicago had packed up their season and started pretty much their junior varsity squad. It was Paul Konerko was in the lineup, and the rest of the players were minor league call-ups. And they shelled Matt Garza. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching this, and I'm just like, I just paid money in hopes of seeing a division title and watch Matt Garza get shelled Mm. by the... uh, the AAA ball club of the uh, of the White Sox. That is so, painful. That was probably as bad as Terry Mohan was. It was probably worse that White Sox game. I've got one more for you, okay. and I could do about twenty lines one, so I'm gonna stray away from okay. that. This one's fairly recent. This one happened in 2016. I made the road trip with one of my friends to see Michigan State play Illinois in football. Figuring Illinois. Oh boy, is this. Illinois is so bad. And Michigan State, obviously 2016, not great. Mm-hmm. But Illinois, come on. They're not mm-hmm. good. We're, we're going to see a win. Drive, mm-hmm. I don't know, was it five and a half hours? Stayed at this, the, maybe the worst hotel I've ever been at in my life. Sounds like that's Champagne in general, I think. Yeah, it was just outside of Champagne. It was a dump it's a noon central kickoff everybody's <laughs> sleepy the stadium is about a quarter oh, those are full the kickoffs are the worst they're the man. worst they are the worst and jeff george jr was the quarterback maybe the worst big 10 quarterback i've ever seen besides whoever is quarterbacking rutgers currently he i had to look up the stats 13 for 29 passing 140 yards and he led a game winning drive in the final minute to beat Michigan State. Aww. It was, I mean, it was just depressing hmm. to be beat by such futility. <laughs> you just you just couldn't say anything. It was, uh, it was just so sad. Oof. I feel bad for you, man. Yeah, it was bad. Well, I'll, 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 I was going to bring up this with extra innings. Remember, I was telling you how I felt I wasted my time, but you said I didn't because you got to stay Yeah, invested. you got to stay at a certain point. Okay. So one thing where it did pay off, this is like the only occasion that paid off for me in extra innings. Mariner, we were in Seattle. Mariners were playing the White Sox. It was Griffey's last year. It was 0-0 the entire game. Mm. It got to the 14th inning, and they brought in Griffey to try to see if he could get the game-winning hit. He's down 0-2 in the count. And my dad leans over to me and goes, watch, he's going to whiff. <laughs> We're going to go into the 15th. Very next pitch, he cranks a double off the wall, scores a guy from second. There you go. The legend comes through. Wow. So it did, that one paid off. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, if I stay late, it doesn't. I never leave a game early unless it's an, an, uh, the game is certain outcome, blowout. Otherwise, you can't do it. I, I've never get left a game early. There I, you go. Even if it's a blowout, you don't leave early? I actually have never done that, even if it was a blowout, because I'd feel bad, like I was not a true fan who stuck to the end. Right, you waste your money, too. That's a big thing for me. I don't want to waste my money. (laughs) I got my money's worth. Right, exactly. We've got more to come here on the Sports Pen. If you want to give us more stories, you can. We'll have our Friday funnies later on in the show. You don't want to miss it. Great deals are going on now during Menard's Red Hot Sale. Update your kitchen with custom craft laminate countertop in 10-edge styles in over 90 colors or high-resolution laminate countertop in 10-edge styles in over 50 colors on sale now. Plus, save an additional $3 a lineal foot after rebate. Save big on custom craft laminate and high-resolution laminate countertop. Good through August 4th. Now, during Menard's Red Hot Sale. Save big money at Menard's. So we're going to do Mountain Fest. The whole thing is going to take place Saturday, August the 4th at Marquette Mountain. It's going to be to benefit at UPAWS. They're going to do a move pretty soon. We want to do what we can do to help. It's going to be an experience of music, food, fun. We're going to ask for a $5 donation from individuals and a $10 donation from family. We're going to give all that money to UPAWS. We're putting bands out on the deck. The whole thing is going to start on the mountain on Saturday, August 4th at about noon. Come on out and enjoy Mountain Fest. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Blake Froling. Got a question for you, Ryan. You ready? I'm definitely ready. Do the Detroit... I had a, kind of an existential question 
posed to me. Do the Detroit Pistons really have the worst logo in sports? You could make the case. It's kind of close. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought about it like that. But looking around at everybody else's, it's yeah, pretty, yeah it, it's it pretty is, bad. It is pretty close. So we're going to rank them. Okay. All right. Now, I want to put in an asterisk here for one that was going to be on my list. And I might sound dumb for saying this. I was going to put the Minnesota Wild logo as one of the worst. But I looked at it closer today. And it's like a double logo. It is. Because it's got like the cat, whatever it is. So what a wild cat, would you say? It's it's nothing. Because <laughs> it's the wild. It's, it's a freak animal where it's a bear slash cougar slash, I don't know. Yeah. So I thought it was just a shapeless blob that had a horrible <laughs> color scheme. Oh, this is terrible. I'm putting it on. And I'm like, ooh, wait a second. So it was taken off my list. Okay. So you're welcome. There, it's it's the mouth is a is a river and there's trees. Yes, I mm. saw that. And there's, there's and the eye is the North Star. Yep. So <laughs> that kind of blew my mind. Mm-hmm. So you got saved yeah. there. Um, the worst logo in sports is not the Pistons, though. Okay. It's the Cleveland Browns. Yes, you could definitely make the case because it's not a logo. You could make the case that they don't have a logo. No. A brown helmet is not a logo. Oh, I, it, it's an technically it's an orange helmet, but the Browns oh, yeah, right. the, yeah, the Browns helmet right. is not a logo. Right, it 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 go, it's whatever's on your helmet. helmet. That's nothing. That, that's your logo. The color orange is not a logo. <laughs> as much as I love the color orange, it's not a logo. I don't like that orange though. Eh, it's not the best shade of orange. It's, but... a, it's a loser orange, <laughs> maybe just because of what it's associated with. And they used to have a logo. It, it was, was like an elf. It was an elf. Even worse. No logo is better than that logo. <laughs> what do you have as a nominee? <clears throat> you could throw out the... <clears throat> I would use the Clippers as a good nominee. Their new one or their old one? Their new one. Yeah. Because they're named after the type of ship, the Clipper. That could be used in a lot of cool ways. It could be. You could use it, you know... There's a lot of interesting ways you can go about it. But what they did is threw a basketball and made an LAC out of it. Any logo that is based off the ball or puck or, <laughs> you know, object that is used in the game is so lazy. It is. Like the Pistons. Mm-hmm. And the go... Pistons had a magnificent logo. It's still one of my best. The horse the head. The horse head with the Pistons from a car coming out. It's is that logo. the most divisive logo in sports? Some um, people say it is utterly horrible. And some people like me say it's one of the best. I would say it's uh, in the line with the the New York Islanders logo that they came up with in the 90s, which I think is one of the best hockey logos ever, and I get made fun of for it on a regular basis. Yeah, the 90s had a lot of weird logos. It was a man, it was a fisherman with a net in front of him, a goal, and it was cool. It it was like an old-timey fisherman. I loved it. People hated it. But yes, I would say the Pistons is definitely up there. I might get a little hate for this. I'm putting the Packers logo on there. I was wondering if you would. First of all, it's a basic G. Nothing cool about it. And this is not me disliking the Packers. Objectively, their color scheme is trash. It's ugly. It's not great. Green and yellow, especially in that G. It's just, it's not good. You could do, I. you know what, to be fair though, what are you going to do when your name is the Packers? Yeah. What, what are you going to, you can't do anything I, I with that. I think you well, aren't they named after meat packers? Yeah. So how can you make that into a logo? I understand it is very difficult. <laughs> and they were pretty much stuck with using a G. Maybe they could have used a P. P but maybe. that's it. They can't do anything else. They're no. not going to put a block of cheese on their helmet. Although the fans wear them. The fans wear them. The players would be an absolute laughing stock if they did. So I, get, I will say they do have it's, they're it's in a tough spot. It's not a great logo, but at the same time, it's also become iconic. So mm-hmm. I, I'll give I'll give them a pass. Although Georgia has the same logo. Which one came first? I'm guessing the Packers. You sure? About <laughs> I should that? probably have looked into this, but I, I thought I, about the same I, thing. Yeah, I was I wasn't thinking about it at the time. Grambling but. has the same logo too. Oh, Grambling State. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Maybe the Packers copied Grambling State. I'm just going to start throw, floating that rumor out there. Uh, another bad one, New Jersey Devils. Don't like I it. I like that oh, one. Oh, terrible. I think it's great. It's just a blah, bland, it's an, NJ. It's an in and a J with horns and a devil's tail. I think it's great. It's terrible. It's awful. Oof. 
Just a blah franchise, a blah logo, blah everything. Blah franchise? They have three Stanley Cups. They're just irrelevant <laughs> in the national landscape. Nobody cares about the Devils. There are no Devils fans. This is terrible. Indiana Pacers logo, also boring. A P with a basketball in it. Well, they used to have a hand. Even worse. I do a remember ha- the hand. A hand was holding a basketball. Yes. I... You, I mean, there's stuff you could do with the Pacers. I mean, it's based off of cars. Could have been way cooler. Yeah. But they go with a P and a basketball. No. Really, guys? I want... I will be... I will give credit to teams who try to at least get creative with their logos, even mm-hmm. if it ends up not being good. At least they tried. Mm-hmm. Come on. The second Timberwolves logo. They've had three. So the one with the, the wolf over the, the trees. The pine trees. Yes, it's I hated so that generic. Logo. I hated that logo. So I generic. loved their first one because it was, it was a moon. It was shaped like a basketball and it had the cool Timberwolf in it. They got rid of it to rebrand themselves, and they came up with that garbage. And then they rebranded mm-hmm. themselves a couple of years ago with kind of a similar to their first logo but different. So, But second Wolves logo, I hated that one. Also, uh, we're going to get to our Friday Funnies in a second, yeah. but... Utah Jazz should be forced to change their name. They have to. It's so weird. Nobody there's, in there's Utah no listens in Utah. to jazz. They used to be in New Orleans. Yeah, that's when it made sense. Yeah, if you move they the kept s- the name. Shouldn't have. No. Absolute all-time mistake. Adam Silver, force them to change that name. L.A. Lakers came from Minneapolis. True. No lakes in no L.A. No lakes in L.A. There you go. Final segment is the funnies. Stick around. We've got some good ones, including a new mayor, We've got a tiger in here. We've got a little bit of everything. Friday, August 3rd is the one-day surf and turf sale at Super One Foods in Marquette and Nagani. Haul in great deals like fresh Atlantic salmon fillets for $7.77 a pound and wild-caught raw shrimp for $7.99 a pound. Pair that up with a 9-ounce New York strip steak for just $2.99. You'll also find great prices on baby back ribs, boneless pork chops, whitefish, lake trout, snow crab, and a whole lot more. And 80% lean ground check is just $1.99 a pound. So shop at Super One Foods in Marquette and Nagani for their one-day surf and turf sale Friday. Friday, August 3rd. The ceiling is the roof. Playoffs? We'll talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I'm a man! I'm 40! All right, boys and girls, it's time for Highlight of the Week. Yes, the Highlight of the Week, my favorite part of the week, your favorite part of the week. Oh, yeah. It's the Friday Funnies here on the Sports Pen. Ryan Stieg is in studio with me. Let's get right into it. Tigers pitcher Francisco Luriano has a bit of a problem. He had an allergic reaction to a chemical being used to treat a resotted lawn next to where he lives. Translation, he's allergic to grass. Straight up grass. Grass. Not like pollen, not ragweed. Grass. Grass. Bad sport to be in if you're allergic to grass. Well, I guess if you're... He's on the mound. He's on dirt. Yeah, but grass is all around you. Yeah, I know. The danger is all around you. Maybe that's why he should have been a pitcher from the start. Did you know Von Miller of the Broncos is also allergic to grass? And that's even worse. Yeah, because he's on the grass constantly. He has to wear sleeves or else he gets a reaction. Got to put in turf yeah. at Denver. I, exactly. They should. <laughs> Next one. Uh, Steven Adams, who is a center for the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, described uh, a hug that he gave to Spurs head coach Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. He described it in graphic detail. Uh, if I could do a New Zealand accent, I would, but, but I will spare it, it's you. It's hard to – New Zealand's a little different than Australia. Yeah, so. a little bit. Quote, when I finally got my arms around him, mate, it was beautiful. I just held that legendary man and got a quick sniff of his hair. He smelled lovely. Don't act like you wouldn't do exactly the same thing if you had the chance, end quote. Would you smell Greg Popovich's hair if you could? No. What do you think it smells like? Uh, brilliance. <laughs> I would say it smells like nothing. He seems like a man who thinks shampoo is a lie and a waste of money. Definitely not conditioner. He's not a conditioner. Never man. conditioned in his life. No. Do you? I I I'm more of a two and one kind of oh, guy. Oh yeah. Uh, Save some time. Y- yeah. Smart. Next one. Now you can help me out with this one a little bit. The mm-hmm. newest mayor 
of Knox County, Tennessee. I love this story. Is a man named Glenn Jacobs. Why is that relevant? Well, he kind of has an alter ego uh, named Kane, a WWE wrestler. Would you have picked Kane to be a, a mayor? Do you see seem like a good fit for you? Probably not, but uh, he he ran. He won the primary by 17 votes. Wow. So he got the Republican nomination, and because and it was he was basically insured of winning it because you know the counties in Tennessee is a very conservative area. He was basically assured of it. So now a pro wrestler is in charge of a city in Tennessee. When he made his acceptance speech, he walked into Kane's walk-up music. Of course. How would you feel if you were the Republican, spent your whole life as a politician trying to become mayor, and then you lose to a wrestler? That's got to that's hurt a it's little gotta bit. That's got to sting. Yeah. you got to reevaluate a few things <laughs> with that. Your uh, campaign was not the best. It, it couldn't have been. <laughs> yeah, yikes is right. Uh, so... Another one. I'm personally offended by this. Okay. Cleveland, the city, is going to have a parade celebrating Tristan Thompson for punching or face smushing Draymond Green in the face. This is just outrageous. Didn't they have that one for going 0-16? I was not there. (laughs) But... This one's even worse. Yes, this is even worse. I mean, come on. Like I said a couple days ago, if any other player was punched, there would be an NBA investigation, and he'd probably be suspended. Instead, because it's Draymond, public enemy number one, people are jealous, (laughs) they throw a parade. Yeah. He's the key piece to a championship team. People are jealous of it. A key piece. Yeah. Really? He makes that team work. Uh He's the glue that holds them all together. You keep telling yourself that. (laughs) Take him off the Warriors, they don't win the championship. Even with Curry and Durant. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you heard the truth is spoken. The truth is spoken. That defense isn't nearly as good. All the egos get in the way. He's the one that brings them all together. If anything, he's a, a common guy that they can all hate instead of hating each other and being jealous of each other. The Herb Brooks philosophy. Yeah, exactly. Nice. You're welcome. <laughs> also, uh, we found out from the creator of The Simpsons that Lou Whitaker doesn't really need the Hall of Fame. No, he does not. He's got a better honor. Now, you're the Simpsons expert. Why don't you tell us this one? For those who aren't as knowledgeable... Now, sports writers tend to love the Simpsons because they have such great lines that you can use in stories. It's the Simpsons and Bruce Springsteen, it seems like. pretty much. Uh, But um, one of the cops on the show is Lou, okay? He is the right-hand man to Chief Wiggum, who is incompetent. Lou is the straight ace... He thinks he's the only smart guy in the force. Lou is named after Lou Whitaker. Soon to be Hall of Famer. Soon is. to be Hall of Famer. Now, he can stick that in the face of Alan Trammell next time he sees him. Yeah. Does you Alan... may be a Hall of Famer, but do you have a cartoon character named after you? And not just a one-off guy. And not just, not just a one episode. This guy's just about in every episode. So there you go. That's an even... That's a smaller group of people. It's more. I mean, there's there's, the there's been athletes on the show, but that's that are one Hall of Famers. Yeah, you're in one episode. Lou Whitaker's in there. Just about everyone. Take that. Mm-hmm. Boom. Horse racing is very popular in Massachusetts. Did you know that? Well, you wouldn't think so, but it is. The government kind of forgot about it, <laughs> and when their session ended July 31st, they forgot to renew the bill that keeps horse racing legal. So for a couple days, it was made illegal, and there was such an uproar that they actually got together. Get this. The government got together and did something quickly because it was gambling, and people are so, I want to say addicted, but kind of, to gambling. Mm-hmm. that They forced the government to streamline a process for something, which never happens. No. And they decided that they're just going to make the bill expire <laughs> again. On July 31st, when they will, again, forget about it. <laughs> Procrastination at its finest. Isn't that how government works, though? Yeah. <clears throat> As a whole. Next year, me can deal with that. Yeah. We'll be fine. We won't forget it, will we? No. No. It'll be just all right. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me at all, though. No, not at all. Did Legislatures mi- are like that. Yeah, it, it does seem like that. Mm-hmm. Did we miss any funnies? Um, there's a group of rampaging goats in Boise, Idaho. Wow. How many Tom Brady jokes were made? Or uh, Le- Michael Jordan or LeBron James? 
Quite a few. Yeah. But this morning, residents in Boise, Idaho, woke up to 75 marauding goats roaming host to house, eating everything in their path, like a pack of locusts, as people described it. Reminds me of that episode of SpongeBob, for those of you of age, where, I don't know if it was termites or whatever they were actually called, went through the town and ate everything. It's like that with goats. It's also Tom Brady's birthday. So you got to combine that. The most overblown day of the year. Yes, it is. But of, still, fun story, though. Yeah. We're out of time. Thanks again, Ryan, mm-hmm. for coming in. You're listening to ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.